Welcome to the Spirituality of Strength Training with your host, Anna Willard. This podcast is dedicated to bring you knowledge, wisdom, inspiration, and guidance to wherever you may be on your health journey. For those who are new to me, I am a kettlebell strength coach, a movement nerd ninja, and an empowerment coach on a mission to bring you hope through our health. The root word of health comes from wholeness. The root word of wholeness comes from holy. Despite our differences with religion and spiritual beliefs, we are all human beings with a body that is designed to reflect this holiness through our health. It wasn't until my seventh year as a health profession where I went into a deep awakening of understanding what does it mean to train my spirit and to heal my spirit through the physical. You'll hear a little bit more about my story from other health professionals, from strength coaches, psychiatrists, spiritual gurus and leaders, to other people who talk about the importance of our health as a community body and the health of our planet as well. This podcast is to allow us to step into our whole health, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Thank you for being here. If you love what you hear, I encourage you to subscribe. If you want more inspiration and quotes from these podcasts, I encourage you to follow me on Instagram at Anna underscore Willard underscore. I encourage you to do a little bit of a movement, either yoga flow, go for a walk, sit in nature as you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the show. Today we have Janae Fletcher. She is a self-care architect, a quiet leader, a personal and professional mentor and creator of the Self-Care Passport podcast the, and a process system that helps you build a personal foundation that create impact to maintain and sustain a self-care lifestyle that you love. She shows her clients how to align to what they truly want and how they want to feel by learning to say yes and no with equal amounts of enthusiasm. She is blunt, kind, walks her talk, delivers up practical and magical ideas that build a solid yet flexible foundation with creativity, resilience, resourcefulness at your side. She's a firm believer that the best place to start is right where you're at. Janae is an accidentally tiny house liver, a paddleboard enthusiast, a believer that thoughts during your meditations are a good thing, and that money, movement, mindset need to feel like love. Janae, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Yes. Um, now, I love, um, for those who um, I've listened to probably some of the other episodes. I announced Janae, which is going to be a guest after one of, I think it was maybe supposed to be like 10 on episode for the podcast. And then when I was editing our original interview, the um, audio was off. So we're re-recording this. And during that time, we were talking about the aspect of summer and the love for water. Um, so I'm going to just let Janae kind of lead right away with how she got into 
paddleboarding and this concept and the importance of being around water. All righty. Yeah, it'll be fun to see what comes up this time. Yeah. (laughs) All the basics are the same, but every day is a new day. Yeah. Uh, I started paddleboarding with absolutely zero experience, as we do with most things. And I went to a retreat uh, with the women of uh, Catalyst Yoga and also Hydrology Stand Up Paddle, where we live. And I just thought, wow, this is something I want to try. And they were so kind and so good at teaching you the basics that I just started to fall in love with it. And that was about three, three and a half years ago. And I just continued on. And then this year I started to teach classes in paddleboard and I love the water and how it feels. And it was a good fit for me. Awesome. So what um, attracted you to paddleboarding? I like the idea of being near the water. I'm definitely a water person. And I love the idea of just finding strength and beauty and also the ebb and flow. Like we don't always need to be solid and strong. Sometimes we need to surrender Mm. and sometimes we need to be softer and sometimes we really need to go for it. So it's a combination of all of that, that just, I don't know, it just felt right. That's awesome. Um, I know just because of years of water skiing and driving up to the lake and being around water, there's always been a lot of inspiration during those times of practice for me or even competitions. Have you found water to be a source for you of inspiration or guidance almost? Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, even just swimming or being in the water, I mean, you have to respect it for one thing. Mm, And with that, you know, you also respect yourself and your abilities and, you know, how far are you going to push yourself? When do you need to pull back and be in more of a calm mode? And then just all the different types of water to me are fascinating. Rivers, oceans, lakes, and they all have a different personality Mm. and a different idea behind them. But It all comes down to really respecting that and getting what you need out of that situation. And it can be a little raucous and, you know, really lively. It can be calm, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just a really metaphor for life for me. And I love it. It feels good. I love um, how you talked about like the different types of bodies of water that nature provides us and how that's, there's different characters, yet they all need to be respected at the same aspect. Can you talk a little bit of like how that's also similar to just personalities as well? Like we all may have different characters as well, but the, how do we respect with the difference between us? Yeah. The difference between us and within us really. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Different days. We are like, whoa, I feel a little, you know, more feisty today or (laughs) calm or whatever. And it's really is a good thing to think about when we're, want to be open to different personalities and different experiences that they're all beautiful in their own way. You just have Mm -hmm. to decide, you know, what do you want in your life and what do you not want? Or maybe you need it in a small increment and you can still enjoy it. But, you know, so really it transfers from me thinking there's a different personality to every type of water to really enjoying people and experiences in in the same way, you know, Mm -hmm. and learning from that. Mm -hmm. Definitely a correlation there. That's great. I like that. Um, and then paddleboarding, this was your first season teaching, correct? Yes. I How said, did that... I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so and... great. Um, first talk to, um, can you tell us, um, why you felt you could teach 
Um, and also just, um, cause no offense with this, but they're not the younger crowd. Usually this is the younger, um, probably younger, like mid twenties, teens, um, or maybe even a little beginning of thirties that are teaching these type of courses. What drew you to this confident place where you're like, yeah, I can do that. And I can do something that the younger generation is doing. Yeah. That's a good question because I didn't say my yes full of confidence. I said Ah. it full of curiosity and like, yes, I will be able to do this. And I noticed throughout this season, because I had that yes, you know, that powerful yes, that I built my confidence up over time. I'd never teach in a class taught teaching let's edit that (laughs) that's too good (laughs) i i've never taught a class in my life you know like that i've done presentations and things but never a fitness class Mm -hmm. and i definitely learned from day one to the end of the season that you know i just build off of what i learned from the previous class and i just kept going and really that in itself is a great way to live your life don't limit yourself by saying a no if it excites you now if it's a no my big thing as it said in the introduction is learning to say yes and no with equal amounts of enthusiasm right if it's a a hard no like oh i'm not interested in that definitely go for it but if it's scary but it still seems exciting that's definitely a yes and that's kind of what the class felt like to me and then another thing that was super helpful is a supportive group of women just, I even said out loud, we did some training in the pool and we did open water training. And I'm like, I've never done this before. And they were really, really uh, kind. And so I have all sorts of good things to say about your tribe and how they support you Yeah, is, is a big part of it. And what you said right there of just like, I've never done this. Can you touch a little bit on the importance of just being open and raw with true to ourselves, even if it's like, something that we've never done, but we want to, and we want to become that. How is, how, how important is it for us to be like, I have never done this, but I want to do it yet. I'm not shaming myself because I haven't done it yet mm-hmm. and going into that. Yeah. Brave is better than perfect. I yes. always say that to myself. It's one of my big slogans for myself mm-hmm. and it's baby steps. Of course, you're not going to go out and, you know, conquer it and be going over waves and being this, you know, massive writer or something like that. (laughs) But you're going to get on there and maybe you're going to stand up. Maybe you're not, but you just build on that. And we have one life and it's for living. And Mm -hmm. uh, if you have a feeling that you just want to try something, you don't know if you're going to be, might be your thing, you know, and I just Mm -hmm. encourage everybody to say yes. When that little bit of fear feels like excitement go for it. Yeah. Um, there was an earlier episode that I did. Um, it was just a short, sweet session with myself and the listeners where I was talking about how I was attracted to the kettlebells. And it took me like three different introductions of the kettlebells to finally be like, okay, I'm diving in on this and I'm actually going to learn what this type of training is. Can you maybe um, say something about what holds us back a little bit? Um, even though we're like, we're curious, we're excited. What holds us back? Is it it fear or is it this non-belief that we can't do it? Or is it the discipline of relearning a new skill? I know there was, that's a lot of questions all at once with that. (laughs) I'm like, which one should I answer first? No, no, they're all basically in the same vein. So, uh, 
I would say you just really have to be honest with yourself. Do you uh-huh. want to just stay where you are? Are you comfortable? Are you basically comfortable with being comfortable? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to push outside that zone? Because I really feel like that's where some magic and growth lies. Yeah. And I also, one of my goals is to age as gracefully as possible. And pushing myself a little bit is, to me, the how that's going to work out. Mm-hmm. You know, I just keep moving, keep doing and being kind to yourself. Of course, when you first try something new, doesn't have to be a paddle burning, could be anything. You're yeah. not going to be an expert and that's OK. Yeah. You're like starting from where you are. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just I can't imagine living any other way, because even though I have pushed myself out of my comfort zone several times in my life, I've never, ever regretted it. That's great. And I think it goes right back to your slogan of brave is better than perfect. I know there's so many times I've held myself back where I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do it the way I think or imagine myself doing it the first time. So therefore I'm not going to do it versus um, just kind of stepping out and just like taking that left or leap of faith of like, okay, like here we go. And I'm going to be brave doing it no matter what the outcome is. Can you talk a little bit about expectations when we try new things? Because I know sometimes we set these expectations of trying new things and um, that's also maybe a limiting factor what holds us back from actually doing them. We have these expectations from the experience itself. Oh, like what the outcome might be. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think it's good to hold on to our own expectations you know, like we want to try something new. We want to, you know, be accountable to ourselves, say yes, and actually do it, Mm -hmm. but let go of the expectations either placed from not knowing too much about the sport or the activity you're doing and maybe thinking you're supposed to look a certain way. Those are the kind of expectations to Mm -hmm. let go of or other people's expectations that have no business being (laughs) in your area. (laughs) It's like, no, no, thank you. But holding a commitment to yourself, uh, that's definitely an expectation that Mm -hmm. I like holding on to. And, you know, it's just like one step. You're taking one step and then you learn a little bit more about it and you take the next step. And I know... Uh, knowledge is power as well, because a lot of, let's say we're talking about paddle boards here, a lot of them are very wide and very stable. And hey, that's the kind of equipment you you start with. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not like trying to master some higher end, you know, board that's not as stable. So there's all sorts of ways to, you know, create a world that will really help you with the new decision to try, you know, something new. Cool, 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 cool. Thank you. Um, I'm going to kind of shift gears. Now you have, um, you're a mom of three. Yes. Correct. And you've always been self-employed or this um, new term, the entrepreneur. (laughs) Um, Can you explain or just share a little bit about your journey of always being self-employed, some of the challenges, but this concept again of brave is better than perfect as a mom? Yes. Yeah. I don't, In my mind, I didn't think that it would always be that way. I mean, I've had part-time jobs, but Uh I always had the desire to develop and create a business or lead into that. Uh And um, I wouldn't have it any other way. And sometimes it's hard, of course. Anybody out there in the entrepreneurial world knows that you really have to give up yourself and time. But the good thing about that when you're raising children is you can allocate time differently because you're in charge of it. 
So mm-hmm. maybe you're working hard at a project, but then you're able to be with them in a different way or go to their school activities. So I highly recommend it. And part of that is keeping yourself a little bit organized in the sense that you know what you need to do, you know when you need to do it, and there it frees up your schedule. So I highly recommend it. It's, awesome. Yeah, it's been a good life for me. And it shows the kids, you know, that sometimes you have time, sometimes you don't. We manage things, you know, we make it work. But mm-hmm. yes. Awesome. Um, now, are your boys entrepreneurs too? Did that kind of lead into or influence them with their career path? I've got a mixture of things. They're all very different. They're all adults okay. too. It's good to mention that they're grown. Yeah. And uh, one thing they all are is adventurous. Mm, okay. <laughs> they all just go out there and do their thing and they say yes and they are excited. And, you know, I couldn't ask for more uh, you know, talented. I just feel, I mean, it wasn't always easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're a great bunch. And one is a entrepreneur solely, you know, he works for himself developing a business and a diving business. Okay. And then the other two are just, uh, they're employed, but they're so adventurous in their choices and um, how they are balanced. Like I see them as work hard, play hard mm-hmm. uh, people. And to me, that's, that's success. They've got awesome. that figured out that, that you needed just as much play as you do your, your work. Yeah. Um, now this kind of goes back. We've, you've talked a little bit about this, but I want you to elaborate a little bit more of how to say yes and how to say no with enthusiasm and that same um, almost attitude. And I think it kind of allows this adventurous life and that balance between work hard, play hard concept. But for the listeners, can you talk a little bit more about the importance of saying no with enthusiasm? Because sometimes we say no and we think of that as like a negative thing. Oh, yes. Well, saying no opens you up for more yeses. Yes. You have to create the space, right, for mm-hmm. the yeses in your life. And so a couple years ago, I went on just a boundary mission. I was just like bound and determined to find my yeses and nos. And I really evaluated how I was spending my time, who I was spending my time with, my online, you know, intake versus, you know, output and all of that. And that's what the self-care passport process is. It's a really a defining way to say, who am I hanging out with? What am I doing? Mm -hmm. And how do I feel about it? Are these good feelings? Do I have a feeling that, oh, yeah, this is awesome? Or, you know, like we were talking about fear and excitement. That's a good feeling. But if it's dread or you're sitting in some, you know, either social or business meeting that you're just like, no, this isn't right for me. Yeah. And that's something to take a look at. And once you do that, you're really blunt and clear with yourself, honest and kind. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can really make those distinctions so much easier. So how did you come or what was your process of understanding the boundaries and understanding um, the emotions behind some of these events? Either you gave the example of like a business meeting. How did you um, go through that process for yourself? Well, a long time ago, um, the self-care passport process was not named that. (laughs) It was a piece of notebook paper out of my son's school backpack. Uh And I just wrote down like three to five times a day what I was doing, who I was hanging out with, you know, just really took a look at my life. I was in a 
point in my life where I needed some change. And I thought, I'm going to do this. And I don't know how I thought of it. I think need, you know, sometimes when we have a need, we find the methods that we, mm. that we, um, you know, need to get through our situations. Right. So I would do that three to five times a day. And then at the end of the week, I would just sit down and circle the emotions I wanted and circle the, you know, activities that felt good. And then really took a look at like, whoa, okay. So I'm hanging out with this friend and maybe, you know, it's not really bringing me what I need or, you know, whatever the situation is. And then I would adjust for the next week. And mm -hmm. I did this for a month and adjusted. And I really noticed a difference. And that's the the very first time I ever really did this. This was like 15, 16 years ago. Okay. And then I just kept refining it. And now I just think like this. Awesome. I, I'm like, I'll analyze it. But then I go through stages where I need to really do it again, like mm -hmm. in a very, I don't know, more of a, I write it down. I really get into it versus just thinking like mm -hmm. I know. So that's what I did a couple years ago when okay. I was figuring out my entrepreneurial present online, you know, just like too much sometimes. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Um, so I was reviewing, um, my notes with Janae from our first interview and it's just a download. And I think this is what I was like referring to. Oh, um, yes. so is, is there a download for the listeners on your website to go and have like an example? Yeah. Okay. There's a, there's a digital download. It's on, I'm revamping my website a little bit, but it's in the contact, the services section. There's a self-care passport download and it seems like a really simple form, but don't underestimate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a less is more, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's simple, but in, in a way, simple, not simple yeah. at all because well, it'll help you. There's a, I I'm a huge believer on there's a lot of power behind simple. There'll be some times where I'll make the most simplest um, exercise routine for my clients. So they're like, that looked really easy. And then they do it. And they're like, that was really hard. And I think we <laughs> overestimate simple where there's a lot of power behind simple. And um, so I think this um, will help you for the listeners um, who kind of want to have that self-evaluation of um, moving on to that next stage in life, wherever you may be. I know I've done this for myself um, from a mentor and a coach that encouraged me to do this. Um, and it has helped me a lot. And I think I'm at that place where I need to kind of go back to pen and paper um, versus just that mental note of it and really look at some of the things. And when it's interesting, when you, it's that um, kinesthetic aspect of where we're really connecting some of the physical events in our life when we write them down and then we actually see it as well. It kind of is like the, we're putting all the puzzle pieces or we're cleaning the mirror or whatever it may be. Um, but it gives us that clear vision of the energy and the emotions behind how we're living our lives and then how to move forward. So I, I'm really excited that, um, you have that download for the listeners yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, Definitely oh, will show you, it'll show you patterns. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. in one week, you'll see a pattern and you'll go, oh, okay. And then it speaks right back to you. If you're yeah. willing, if you're willing. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be willing. But, yeah. 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 That's great. Um, now this kind of goes into, um, this is um, one of the things that we talked about last time was rituals versus routines. Um, and this can be part of a routine of just writing down on a journal of what your, the experiences and the emotions. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between a routine and a ritual? Okay. 
I think routines are basic life care items, you know, uh -huh. they're what we need to get done, you know, their meals, they're brushing our teeth, they're, you know, I used to call my kids, I'd say, oh, have you done your self-care? I wasn't talking about anything too fancy. I was talking about, did you brush your teeth? Oh, got it. Yeah. <laughs> but now I, I, I use those words differently now, but at the time that was what was going on. Uh -huh. but, so routines that, you know, just help us or getting our glasses of water, things like that. To me, a ritual goes deeper. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's more like trying to figure things out, taking that pause to figure things out, either be it the self-care passport method mm -hmm. or, you know, journaling or meditating or your yoga practice, whatever that is that helps you go deeper. To me, those are rituals. Got it. Yeah. And do you believe, um, rituals need to stay exactly the same for different chapters in life or do they have some flexibility? Cause I know there's times in my life where I'll be like just on point with like meditating in the morning. Other times in my life, I'm like, no, I need a journal in the morning or other times mm -hmm. it's like, I didn't need to do nothing but walk and not yeah. even think. So can you talk a little bit about the importance of maybe of always keeping rituals, but the flexibility, I guess, within yes. the rituals? I'm a firm believer that you should be flexible, a firm believer that you should be flexible <laughs> because you're right. You need different things at different stages of your life. And like I said pre previously that sometimes I think like I need to think and then sometimes I need to write it down or and sometimes I need to move, you know, and this summer we had a little smoke from the fires and I mm, realized right. that I get out and walk when I need to process something and I had to rework that because mm -hmm. it wasn't a possibility with our air quality. So yeah, I switch it up all the time. And I like change a lot, but I also like the rituals and the routines. Mm -hmm. So within that, I change. And that's freeing because mm -hmm. we're all different people, personalities, but we're all different at different stages. And even during the month, we might be different. Right. And, you know, there's not just one formula. And then I, I hear a lot of people feeling like, oh, I have to journal or I have to do this and I have to, that kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah. It's like find something that feels like love to you, that feels like it's going to resonate and provide a bonus for you mm -hmm. to help mm -hmm. figure things out. And therefore, I think it needs to be flexible. Awesome. You mentioned freedom um, and how we are different individuals um, how can someone create freedom within their mindset or what are some methods that you help with, with your clients of creating freedom in just everyday moments of life? Everyday moments. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a very structured person in a lot of ways and that mm -hmm. surprises some people, but I really believe freedom comes with structure Yeah, that we don't have to say every single moment, like, Oh, what am I doing right now? Well, you get a little structure in there and in your routine, just like if you're doing a workout, you would mm -hmm. uh, be the same. That within that, there's no decisions to be made. There's no extra energy because you know what you're doing. And then that, that gives you more time when you do just want to be free and just, you know, do what you need to do. Yeah. No, it's a total mind shift. And I really like it. So even if you're not a structured person, bringing in some rituals and routines just to you know, hone that in a little bit, you will feel more free and truly free because you're not bogged down with, Oh, I have to do this now or that now. And yeah. So. Um, 
you mentioned a little bit of like, um, kind of like the added stress of like, I have to do this today. Um, so lately I've been journaling in the mornings and there's some mornings I have really early morning clients and I'll journal after them or something like that. Um, can you talk a little bit more about the flexibility and the freedom versus like the stress of like, I have to do this the first thing in the morning versus finding other avenues of how to fit in rituals when every day may not be exactly the same with your schedule? Mm -hmm. Well, it's holding expectations for yourself and how you want to feel. Like, mm. Is it serving you to say, oh, I have to do this. I didn't do it. I mean, that, that just doesn't feel good. Right. So, you know, bringing down your routine that maybe you spent an hour doing, you could do five minutes. I mean, mm, if that's yeah. what that day uh, allows and requires, then I would say, don't beat yourself up over that. Just do mm -hmm. with what works for you at that yeah. time. And being kind to yourself. <laughs> Golly, yeah. that's, that's uh, I don't know, a number one. We're not always going to have this perfectly orchestrated life. There's always something that's, you know, thrown in there or emotions that stir or triggers or something. And just being kind to yourself. And sometimes it can be a, a couple deep breaths if that's mm -hmm. what you need, or maybe you've got an hour and you're going to, you know, do all these beautiful things, but I'd say be kind to yourself. Yeah. And you mentioned a little bit earlier, and this is kind of going back to the feeling of making sure you're in line with like how you want to feel kind of going back to like the journaling and looking at the patterns throughout the week or whatnot. You mentioned, um, in the, um, introduction, how movement money and mindset should feel like love. How can someone create love around those three big topics? Those are big topics. Yeah. We could probably, we could probably spend <laughs> an episode and more on them, but yeah, I would start off with your mindset and uh -huh. being kind to yourself. And th that's the very beginning, you know, being yeah. kind, being kind to yourself and, you know, if you want to create new routines and rituals and feel good, then it starts with your self-talk, you know, mm -hmm. with yourself. And I have this thing I've done for years. It's simple. But if I feel that inner roommate, you know, that person talking to me that doesn't sound that great, I'm like, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Right. I'm just like, stop. And then I reevaluate and I'm like, okay, what was that? And mm -hmm. okay, I don't, I don't need to talk to myself that way. And really, does it feel loving? Would you talk to your friend like that, your child like that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, really take a pause. So it's not really adding more in when you first start. It's mm. almost taking less. Yeah. You know, just taking less of the chatter away and things like that. And then you can build up from there. The same thing with money. I mean, what stories do we have about money? Mm -hmm. And um, too much, too little, you know, whatever it happens to be. And being kind about that. And watching our words, um, you know, I can't afford that or I, I don't deserve that or whatever it happens to be mm -hmm. or and then just moving through that and then movement, you know, rather than thinking, oh, I got to do this workout. I have to yeah. do this or, you know, you're, my body, da, 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 da. you could just move because your body's a beautiful machine and mm -hmm. it gets you from point A to point B and, you know, it's a beautiful thing. So a lot of that is mindset. But when I just think of those three topics and they're big mindset yeah. money yeah and movement yeah that when I think of that in a loving way it just makes the world a better 
a place, our inner mm-hmm. worlds and the outer, because mm-hmm. you're exuding that and how you're living in other people will go, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, we could think of this as love instead of, you know, uh-huh. I have to do this or. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, I've heard you mention um, when we've been around um, a same group of friends, um, how you said I can afford this versus, oh, that's cheap. Can you just dive in a little bit of just that mindset of words of how um, we approach money? Oh, through our words. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just making choices that feel good. It's To me, it's all about choices and, you know, not telling ourselves that we can or cannot have something or that it has this connotation. Mm. Just like, you know, I can afford this when I've, you know, done A, B, and C or whatever it is. Versus right. like, oh, no, we can't afford that. You, mm. know? Mm-hmm. you know, it's just a totally different feel. And I know we're backing up to being a mom and, and teaching them about things abundant versus scarcity. Because there were right. times when things were lean. I was starting a business uh, when I was raising them. And I ended up buying them passports, and uh, which was way out of my uh, league at the time. But yeah. they had them, and it made them really realize that the world was big and it was abundant. Mm-hmm. I couldn't afford to travel at the time, but right. I wanted them to have that feeling. And because mm-hmm. they had them, then they had these opportunities come up that they got to do like they got to go to the olympics uh with oh, my brother cool. yeah over the border in canada because they had the passport right you know? so i think there's all sorts of ways to set up an abundance um idea in your head or your money in yeah your head, even if you're not quite there yet or yeah. you want to be there just how you view these experiences and that's yeah. just a story that always comes back to me that uh, you can provide, even though you may not be at that level yet, you can have the mindset to be that. Right. I think what I love of what you just shared with that story is even how you described where you were at financially of how you were lean mm-hmm. and how that's still like a positive note of um, money where you may not be able to afford to travel, but you were able to afford to create this abundance mindset for your kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a beautiful thing that we don't see our creativity um, self. We see like the restrictions that money may create versus seeing how can I create abundance without the cash flow that I think I need. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I, th- I love that. So go ahead. Oh, that's okay. I just think of abundance as uh, doesn't always have to be big. You know, abundance mm, can be. Yeah you know, emptying something. So you have room for something else. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's lots of ways to look at it. And I also thought you could just go to the library. (laughs) (laughs) That just popped in my head when you were talking. I'm like, going to the library is just a way to expand yourself without spending a dime. It's awesome. I honestly resourceful. Yes. I library is like one of my favorite places to go to get things done. Yes. and if some of my friends are like, you're going to the library, like, why not a coffee shop? And I'm like, the library is because no one talks to me. And you like, everyone knows there's that expectation. Um, but, but then I always love browsing the books too. Um, and seeing what books, if I need to, or want to, um, pick up and read and know that I can, because I have a library card and I don't need to worry about the price or anything like that. So library yeah, is it's where it's place. at, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's like a coffee shop without the coffee. Yes. <laughs> That's too good. Yeah. There's so many ways to be resourceful, resilient, creative. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So and often, it feels like love, doesn't it? Yes. Well, and it, there's, um, I think there's also like, at least when I go to the library, it just makes me think of, um, and this was just how I was raised. My mom, during the summer times, we would always do the reading program. Oh, so yeah. I love going to the library and especially during the summertime, I don't know, I'm weird that way, but it's a good just, memory. It it's feels, a memory. It yeah. feels good. Yeah. And I, that's where I think it goes back to, it feels like love for me. Cause that's how yeah. my mom kept educating us when, while we weren't in school and yeah. I loved it. I loved sitting down and being read to as a little girl when they would read the, whatever newest child book was out on the market. Um, so yeah, anything that feels like love or makes you come back to your childhood, um, in a positive way, I think is the way to go on that. Yes. Um, so Janae, you mentioned a lot about how less is more, and I know you are in a tiny house. Can you um, tell the story of how you accidentally became, um, or how you're living there now? Yes, I can. I know everybody will ask me, accidentally, how do you yeah. accidentally like build it? Well, I, I had decided to build this after my mom had passed away, and I just thought, you know, I just really want this little abode that just feels good, and a lot of her dishes and things are in the tiny house as well. And at the time, my husband had a beautiful piece of property, and we thought, oh, then we won't have to drive home, and da-da-da-da-da. And so between all that, which we designed the house, built the house, little house, and uh -huh. uh, he had lost his job, and we're all of a sudden like, oh, uh, so we stayed near the city and thought he might, you know, work like that. But then he got a job where he was working from home and okay. we're like, oh, okay. So we ended up moving up to the property with a tiny house on it and, you know, had sold our houses. We're a blended family. We had sold our houses and, uh, that's how we became the accidental tiny house livers. And it just was like a saving grace. You know, it wasn't our original intention. And mm -hmm. our kids are grown. Okay, we have five sons together. This wouldn't be happening. Right. <laughs> so let's get some reality in there. Uh, but we do have, he has a big shop that we originally had built. And then we do have a small abode. So it's not like we're tiny house livers just living in a little house. And mm -hmm. a lot of people uh, think that, they, that we are doing that. And I just want to be point blank honest that we do have a shop as well. Right. And uh, so, but we've learned a lot from it. And the less is more concept has just over and over again been so true and so right. And I'm still in the process of really scaling down what we really need and mm -hmm. want. And it's been really refreshing and, and a good thing to awesome. do. Awesome. Can you, because um, I know that some couples, um, and I'm not speaking from personal experience. I'm just speaking from secondhand stories of how they've talked about the difference in the dynamics between relationships between the two when living in a smaller community or a smaller physical house versus a bigger house. Has it brought you guys together a little bit more or in a different way? Oh, yes, definitely. More conversations and more physically, you know, actually physically closer. But with that, it's been the conversations. And then also really being honest when we need quiet time, we're both the kind mm -hmm. that refuel when we're quiet or by ourselves. And we've got that down because we had the conversation. Right. And then just scaling down, you know, from losing a job. And I had also sold my business at the same time. Okay. I had a, a massage business for like 17 years. And so we were having all these conversations at once. And uh, yeah, I would say scaling down really uh, fine tuned those conversations rather than not having them. Got it. Cool. Yeah. 
That's great. And so you were a massage therapist. What drew you or motivated you to kind of create this concept of the self-care passport? Well, it really did come originally, well, from my own need to evaluate my own life. But at the same time, I just started a massage business. So mm-hmm. it kind of rolled personally and professionally together. Mm-hmm. And people would come in with injuries. It wasn't, I did a lot of injury treatment work. So it wasn't always, uh, you know, soft, fluffy massage, which I do that as well. Right. But um, so people wanted to be fixed. They mm-hmm. wanted to just feel better. Mm-hmm. But maybe didn't want to take the time to like dive in and say, oh, well, what is the underlying problem? How can we commit to this self-care so you can, you know, reap the benefits of the treatments? And that's really where it all came from. So through the years in that business, I really encouraged people to hold on to a self-care plan for themselves, Mm -hmm. as well as getting alternative treatments and, you know, chiropractic, massage, whatever was in their wheelhouse. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see um, how like them taking some of the simplest steps with self-care kind of help improve their physical state? Oh, 100%. I mean, I'd have people come back in that says, wow, I think I'm going to be able to stay at this job till, you know, for a lot longer than I thought because of like a simple method of Mm. either doing things a different way or spending time doing a stretching routine or taking a mental time out. We did a lot of breath work as well. And, um, I also worked with children who were, um, yeah, like ADHD, Mm -hmm. um, instead of taking medications and stuff doing like breathing, Mm-hmm. Um, movements during their class time. And that was really rewarding. I liked that a lot. Cool. Um, right before you, I interviewed another guest and we talked a lot about the importance of breath work um, mm-hmm. and how breathing is what, obviously very vital to us. Oh, um, yes. But <laughs> don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, how um, we're able to control our breath at the same time and really calm our central nervous system down from just practicing the power of our breath. So that, I think that's great that you were teaching that to kids, um, with those type of conditions. Cause I think we are such a medication happy, um, pill popping nation that yes. we forget the power of our own body of healing itself. With oh that. yes. There's so many things we can do to help ourselves. Yeah. Is there anything else besides the breath that you want to share with the listeners? Um, I think breath work is really powerful. And that's another thing we were talking about different styles of uh, self-care and rituals and all of that. Uh-huh. And there's really no wrong or right way. Mm, <laughs> you know, right. Some people yeah. are like, you know, breathing in a certain amount of seconds and then, you know, going out and all that. But if you just want to start, my, <laughs> my advice would be just to pause and to start and then see what works for your body. Because I've had all sorts of rhythms and patterns with my breath work over the years, and it all is good in its own way. Yeah. And there, with you saying that, there's just already this so much freedom within oh, it yeah. um, of just starting right where you're at and where your body allows you to and where your mind's allowing you to. And then that allows you to expand versus again, like that expectation of like, Oh, I need to breathe in and hold and then breathe out a certain amount of just like, well, let's just sit into where you're at right now. If that's mm-hmm. 
and then it expands and grows yeah. from there. Yeah. yeah. It's just like we were talking about before, just start where you are. Right. <laughs> Baby steps. Yeah. And feeling good about saying yes to mm-hmm. something. Yeah. That's great. Um, is there anything else that you would like to talk to the listener about um, that self-care rituals or some things that are you see kind of kind of stand out from working with your clients? I would just say, I just boils down to me to be honest and kind with yourself. I mean, sometimes we need to be honest in the sense that, oh, am I just complaining about my life and not doing anything? Pause. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Check in with yourself, but then also being kind and not thinking that you have to do things a certain way and they need to be this way. And Mm-hmm. Ah, there's so much in our world. There's a lot of information out there. So that's the basics of what I believe is where you need to start, mm-hmm. you know, and just being brave enough to say yes, even if it's a baby step, you know, two steps forward or even mm-hmm. one, just, mm-hmm. you know, say yes to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. Um, now I'm going to shift gears back to paddle boarding. Are okay. you going to be teaching again this next summer or next season? Next summer, I will. I know they have some options uh, through the paddleboard company mm-hmm. for winter, like uh, uh, in pool, you know. Indoors. Oh, okay, cool. I, I don't know that I'll be doing that. So we are having a meeting later in uh, the month about that. But yeah. there's always options. I know in our area and who's ever listening around the country or around the world. Right. <laughs> uh, there, there are options for all seasons. And I've actually been on the water in wetsuit and, you know, geared yeah. up because yeah. every season brings a different uh, feel to it. Mm-hmm. So currently not sure if I'm going to teach until next summer, but um, there are other options for people. And what was the biggest lesson that you learned from teaching this summer because this this is your first season teaching correct yes first season. yeah the biggest lesson I think was just reevaluate and then learn and you know take what you learned from the prior class Mm -hmm. you know your little nuggets that you loved and then just move forward into that and as I'm saying that that's totally the self-care passport process right Yeah. So you're, you're just checking out what feels good, what worked, maybe what you don't want to do and then reevaluate. And the next week you've got, you know, another base to work from and just keep building yourself up. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have any like self rituals um, or sayings that you say to yourself besides brave is better than perfect um, to kind of help you move forward with some of these things that are exciting that you've said yes to, but also kind of maybe a little intimidating. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one I say a lot to myself and I go in, this is, I go in stages too. I yeah, change them okay. up, but one is I have everything I need to make it a great day. Ah, that's great. So that. that, that can be anything. Yeah. You know, you have yeah. Everything you need. And we do have everything we need within us, even though sometimes it feels scary. So that's definitely the one that just top off the top of my head that uh-huh. I use a lot. Yeah. Well, and it goes back to this concept of less is more. We don't need to keep adding into our life to make us feel mm-hmm. like we are adequate. We just need to be. Exactly. Yeah. We, we don't need to find ourselves. We're, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just I, take I'm a couple so layers off. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because um, just with my journey and everything, some people are like, I hope you find your path. I'm like, I am on my path. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> like I'm just taking one step at a time. Like there's just, there, I don't, there may be times of like not, um, knowing the whole path in front of me, but I think it goes back to like, I don't need to discover myself. I, I know myself right now. Mm-hmm. And the person who I'll be tomorrow is a new person or the person who I'll be a year from now will be a new person, but it's mm-hmm. this journey of being while discovering who we want to become at the same time. So I love how you said of just yeah. be with us. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot with, especially I'm a goal driven person, right? But I, yeah. I've learned over the years that it's part of that is the process to get there yeah. and to not always think about the outcome or the end point, because this is it. This Mm -hmm. is the journey and enjoying the now and how we, you know, yeah, are are living into that. Because if you always wait for the destination or until you're perfect or you've Mm -hmm. done this, then you're missing out on a lot of experiences just in ordinary life. Yeah. Do you find once you've set a goal and as you're on this journey of achieving the goal or goals um, that you may be working with your clients, the goals change a little bit um, over time or they completely are redirected to a different goal? Yeah, I would say they change, you know, with a step. Well, once we take a few steps towards something, we might have a better idea. Mm. Right. So Mm -hmm. if we always think about the outcome or the further down the road, like that's it, I want that. Right. Well, we might actually be missing out on something that's even better uh-huh. because three ideas, three steps in, we're thinking, oh, I could adjust that a little bit. And it's going somewhere that feels, you know, more aligned to who I want or who I want to be or who I am. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I would say it's shift and change. Yeah. Awesome. I don't know anything that goes in a straight line, really. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Even programming for clients and doing training stuff, it's like this yeah. up down of like progression, regression, progression, regression mm-hmm. type of thing. So, um, yeah, I think we need to take that approach a little bit more yeah. with everyday life. With we're all getting that. back to water here. We're getting back to ebb and flow. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll start yeah. with water and we'll end with the water. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Cheers. Um, I know you at the last episode, you talked a little bit about, um, the paddle boarding and what, how you teach, but also, um, kind of the journey of being on a paddle board of during a class. Um, I don't know if you remember what I'm referring to, but you kind of talked, gave us a description of the class of how you taught, but also the challenges with being on the paddle board, but then how there's also times where there's relaxation. Can you just um, go into that and how that is like almost an analogy to life? Oh, yes. And I feel that way on the paddleboard for sure. So the first part of the class was really getting your balance and learning basic, you know, paddling strokes and how to get off if or get on and off. You know, right. Occasionally yeah. we take a dive into the drink, right? And that's all you know, great. I mean, you clap for yourself and you get back on, you know, and uh-huh. then also keeping your eyes on the horizon is super helpful for balance and your paddle in. And that's, you know, a metaphor for life. So just keep, keep your eye, you know, looking forward or your life looking forward. And then, you know, as we accomplish these things, there was time to relax. And I guided people through meditation and, you know, that was like, oh, I did all these accomplishments. I feel good. And now I get to lay down, well, stretch and then right. we'll lay down. And, you know, just feeling the the movement with the paddling and then versus the calm. 
and you know it's balance it's it's a balance of life like you said Uh before and uh people feel really good at the end. Like, oh, wow, I tried something new. And yet I got to sink in and really relax and be at the end. And that's always a beautiful combination. Right. As you're giving the description of it um, and the analogy, one of the questions that popped into my head that I remember asking you last time was, how do you help people who have actually fallen off the paddleboard? And how is that an, also an analogy of life? Like we tried something new, but we may, you know, fail or fall. What are the approaches that you teach to help get people back up? Oh, one of my mentors in the paddleboard, she's in the Good Vibe Paddle Tribe with me. She uh-huh. was like, you always clap. The whole class claps for you. Because yeah. you're, you're moving beyond, you're growing, mm, like you I love, ri- yes. your wrist, right? Yeah. And then you look away because <laughs> there is no way to gracefully get yourself back on that board. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so you grab it and you just kick, kick, kick and push yourself up, but you feel good after you've done it, you mm-hmm. know, and that's really it. Like just, and being kind, it's, oh, gosh, I think it all gets back to being kind to ourselves mm-hmm. and to each other. Right. And really just honoring everybody and ourselves within that situation. And then being trained, open water trained to actually rescue people if needed for me was personally powerful. Mm. I remember being scared. I thought, whoa, this is going to be interesting. And then I had so much fun. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Whoa, we're using our body weight to people, get people back on their board and we're going backwards into the water, Uh uh, totally getting wet. And but it felt so good. It yeah. felt so good to realize that you could just help somebody and at the same time help yourself really feel more confident and like, wow, okay, uh-huh. I can do that as well. So Awesome. That's so cool. Um, I think it's fascinating how our society doesn't like cheer when we fail, but almost mm. like shame us for like, well, you failed and now this is the lesson you have to learn versus that excitement of what you just said of like, we're pushing past our boundary. And this Mm -hmm. is why we may have failed or may have fallen. Um, And that grace and that kindness of like, but you can get back up and do Mm -hmm. this again. Can you talk a little bit more about that of how you help your clients um, if they have failed or pushed past their boundaries, but it didn't turn out the way they anticipated? How do you help Mm -hmm. them get back up? and to a place where they keep going towards those goals on the horizon. Yeah, that's that's a great part of mentoring is really realizing that both of those experiences, be it, oh yeah, I nailed this, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And also, whoa, didn't quite turn out the way I wanted to, but there's growth in both of those areas. Yeah. Um, what did you learn? What would you do differently? And really, if I look back, I almost learned more from those quote, failed experiences than the ones that just beautifully orchestrated themselves. And you're right. It's like just taking each moment for what it is and celebrating all of it. Mm -hmm. And you can just push past. And, you know, there's also, I had one uh, teacher a long time ago that we'd have to, or kind of a boss mentor teacher, we would have to say, oh, what'd you fail at this week? <laughs> and we were like, oh, well, I really, uh, you know, whatever it happened to be. Right. But, but I thought it was great that we all had to sit in a circle and say, whoa, okay, maybe this didn't work out. But that's what I remember. 
I remember yeah. those moments and how we could have done things differently or maybe let go mm -hmm. of something that just wasn't feeling right or just, you know, wasn't the right fit for us. So there's yeah. so many ways to, you know, yeah, learn, I'm going back learn and grow. I go, I'm going back to, um, my days with water skiing. Um, cause my nickname was Anna splash. That was my blog name for water skiing. <laughs> and sometimes there'd be days where I'd be like, well, I'm Anna crash today. Like I am not Anna splash. I am not making my ways. I am Anna crash, but I joked about it in a way that allowed me to be like, it's okay that I had an off day and I know mm. I'm pushing myself and I'm learning this new rope length. And this is why I'm crashing. And exactly. it's okay. And I'm learning how to have that same mindset in every aspect of my life of like, Hey, I'm pushing this boundary and it's not going to be perfect. I am going to fall. And that's how we learn. Um, mm -hmm. and I even go back to like the analogy of how babies learn how to walk of how they laugh and giggle when they fall after learning how to, you know, take their first steps. Um, and just bringing that joy back into this journey of, um, pushing past some of those boundaries or expanding those boundaries with yes. ourselves. So, yeah, yes. it's a great place to be. Yeah. Do you have, we're going to be wrapping it up soon. Do you have anything else that you would like to add or anything that we didn't touch on from the previous interview that, um, we may need to bring back in? No, I feel good. Yeah. I feel like we went full circle with a lot of different subjects and uh, there's definitely a thread of commonality though between mm -hmm. all of it. And I love that finding those little threads and patterns and that definitely speaks to my analytical <laughs> side, <laughs> but I love that. We can learn a lot from that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I feel good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so, well, thank you first for being a guest, but also coming on twice to get this done for, um, the show and everything. So I appreciate um, your diligence with that. Um, and then also everything that you do for your clients um, and everything. And I hope to be out on the water with you next summer with paddleboarding. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm going to be wrapping it up as strong ones. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked this episode, episode. There we go. Make sure you um, give it a share. If you are enjoying this show, um, give it the five stars and write a review. We would love to have that support. Other than that, next week, you'll hear from me just a short, sweet session. Other than that, you guys have a wonderful week. We are peacing out. Bye.